My name is Chris Little. I am the host of the Lifestyle Chase Podcast. This is Season 5. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase Podcast. So, it has evidently been a while since I've recorded an episode, and I say that every episode. So, today is going to be a solo episode to kind of expand on that because I am actually really, really passionate about this podcast. And it's been something that has definitely been a great way to document my career and kind of it's a journal for my life. So this is going to be very unrehearsed, very freestyle. And before I dive into it too, too far, I want to give a shout out to my friend Chan Rin. He has actually just started his podcast called The Disruption in 10 Podcast, which I am very confident you'll be able to find on all platforms by the time that you check it out. I think last time I checked, he has it up on Spotify. You'll be able to see it on his social media at Vivid Ribbon. And Chan Rin has actually been on the Lifestyle Chase, so you can learn more about him by going back through the episodes. He'll be way, way back before the pandemic when I was... Uh, recording a few episodes in my living room um, in the before times, of course. And a fun fact about Chan is he is actually the very, very, very first person to interview me for a fitness job. He actually conducted the the interview where I was interviewed to work with the Egg Fitness because he was part of the creative team with them. And it's just so cool to think about how far we've each come and what's evolved. And I'll be chatting a little bit about that on this episode. So why I want to do some solo episodes going forward is that quite often when I am looking for guests, I'm looking for some people that I know well or people who perhaps I've built a rapport with, or maybe it's a topic that I just really need to discuss. And In a lot of cases, it takes a lot of time to come up with that. But amidst that all, I definitely come across topics that are worth chatting about. And a lot of these topics are inspired by colleagues, by the clients that I work with. Tons of times, people that I'm helping in my life are the reason why I will bring certain people on my podcast. It's in a lot of cases, it's sort of like extending an arm out where if I don't have the life experience, I'll find somebody that does. And then I can discreetly put that out. And people might be able to hear the perspective of like a female or a parent or someone who has reached a certain level of business that I haven't, or maybe a certain level of athleticism. Sometimes it's to answer my own questions. I know that as of late, I've talked a lot about jujitsu because I've been doing that since October and really enjoying it. The reasons that I've enjoyed it is it's an area where I can truly just shut off everything in the world. And it's an area where I can challenge myself, where there's other people who are invested in helping me learn how to be better, faster, stronger. It tests you to your very limits you can get injured 
And it might set you back a little bit. You might have to take some time off and that can be humbling. But with that said, I think life is humbling. And to think that it isn't, I believe, would be naive. I think we should be training ourselves to be able to withstand the challenges that come with life. Because if we think that uh, we're not supposed to face any challenges, then we live a mediocre life. And that might sound a little bit harsh or blunt, but the whole point of being a personal trainer is helping people reach their potential. So sometimes when I'm delivering things, they're going to come through a little direct. As some people would say, it's kind of like tough love. So something that's been top of mind as I've been learning from people, learning from clients, getting to sort of like see life through their eyes and learning and growing myself. Because I mean, over the course of the podcast, I have aged. I, the podcast, this is the fifth season, I believe, if I'm counting correctly. So I used to be in my 20s when the podcast started. So you've probably heard me mature as you go back through the episodes. Now, what I wanted to talk about actually is inspired by my client, Sylvia. I'm not sure if she listens to these, but if she does, this one's for you. She recently shared with me about how she was being intentional about creating connection with people. I think it's a lost art. I think it's something that a lot of people struggling could be lacking. And I want to promote it. I want people to feel pulled or called or called out or whatever it is, whatever it takes. So being intentional with connection can come in many forms. It can come within your direct inner circle, whether it be uh, your immediate family, whether it be your closest three friends, but it requires a bit more initiative than what we may have become used to from these past two to three years. I think a lot of people got so used to just like being disconnected from one another and almost relying on their internet connections, like being able to watch TV and be like, oh, well, there, there's an event to kind of keep up with, uh, keeping up with the uh, latest episode of whatever crappy show is on the on TV or being able to keep up with uh, somebody's newsfeed on social media. I know that uh, social media is engineered to draw you back in and it can kind of make you feel like you are connected with other people in their lives and you are intertwined in things, but it can also bring people down because we get so much into the depths of comparison. We can become very sensitive and it really does nothing positive after a while. So with intentional connection, the meat and the potatoes of this for me to cut to the chase is that you truly have to take a look in the mirror and assess what would make your life better. So whether that is that you need someone that can challenge you to be a better version of yourself. So that might require you to seek out a mentor, whether you are in the workforce or whether you are retired, it's very valuable throughout all seasons of your life uh, 
and within your professional, within your personal pillars of life to have a mentor. I'll give you some examples. So throughout my training career, I've always had mentors and they come in all different ways. I'll give a shout out to a few because I was thinking about them today and I just want them to know that I still really admire what they have do and how they've helped me. I'll list off a bunch. Andrew Coates is a mentor to me. He's also a friend. He's given me nudges to go to fitness conferences. He's encouraged me to go to Evolve. There's been lots of instances where he's helped me and that is how you define a mentor. Uh, Dean Guido, big time mentor and also a very good friend. He has seen me through a lot. He's always very encouraging and God always give credit where credit is due. There could have been times when he could have easily discouraged me to be a trainer. He had that opportunity where he could have been the person who just like popped the balloon altogether, but he did the exact opposite. So I'll always be grateful for that. Continuing on the line, uh, my friend, Dr. Farah Sharif, she's known me since my days of being a very passionate spin enthusiast and Nahid Sharif. He's always been someone who you can kind of bounce ideas off. You don't need to see them all the time, but when you do, the conversations feel rewarding. Continuing down the line, so the the funny thing is quite a few of my mentors in the fitness industry kind of spider out from Dean Guido. So Kyle Dobbs. Kyle's definitely come through clutch for me in many instances and also is a big part of the reason why I've had so many different people on the show. I hope that you feel called to go back through the episodes because many of those I would have never met those people if not for Kyle Dobbs knowing them and putting them on my radar. Many, many times I just asked him who would make a good podcast guest. It was usually through the Instagram questions and he'd make a list and I would seek them out or they'd be in the mentorship that I took with him and Matt Domney. I also like how Matt Domney challenges me to be a more direct, more like hardworking, gritty version of myself. I think it's good to have personalities like that where it's like we can have people who are exactly like us, but then we're not guaranteed to change. And we can have people who are just a little bit different and it almost locks us into change. I want to also give a shout out to Jeb Stewart Johnston, especially as of late, because he's kind of someone whose life experience is very needed in the industry. He's not someone that I've talked to at great length, but he's someone who went out of his way to have conversations with me when I was at the Kansas City Fitness Summit back in 2019. Uh, there's a lot of instances where you'll go to a room full of people and nobody will talk to you. But he actually made a very conscious effort to. And I really appreciated that. And then since then, when he has a recommendation on something or a way of expressing something, it's kind of like, sort of like a, a direction, like a, a beacon or like a lighthouse 
So when maybe I might be thinking of something irrationally, or maybe I didn't take enough time to think about something before I said it, he's pretty good at articulating it all out, laying it all out, making it easy to understand. It's just kind of like in many, many instances, you just got to have like a, a big brother. And I do have big brothers. I have my two brothers, Alan and Brian. Shout out to them. I don't know if they listen to the show still, but I got to give them credit. Brothers are good. Parents are good. Mentors are good. Friends are good. These are all people that come through. And obviously, I could list off many more people, but it's easy to forget. It's easy for to forget the people that build you up. I've lately over the last few years worked very closely with Alex McBrarity and Beverly Simpson. So if you don't know, I actually work with them in their business. And so as such, they challenge me to be better. They challenge me to be more concise. They challenge me to continue to learn how to develop myself, to stay accountable to my goals, to almost position myself to be more likely to reach my goals like having people that almost hold the mirror for you they're not trying to make you into someone that you're not but they're reminding you of what you set out to do so they would be on the list too you can gain so much from the people that you interact with from the people that you work with and it all comes down to your attitude but with that said, no matter what phase of your life that you're in, you still have to take care of those connections in some way. So something that I tend to preach over and over and over, and I'll never know who's listening to it, but I think it's abundantly important to always remember where you came from. People can think you're lame for it. They can uh, make fun of you, but... I don't think a person should ever forget what their day one was like. I'll never forget how I had to lean on people for advice, how I had to vent to people. I'll never forget the days that were filled with emotion when I'd be passionate about something in the crazy times of 2020. I'll never forget when I felt frustrated because I felt like I was being picked on on the internet or when I felt like I was dumb and I was like second guessing if I could make a career of all of this. And despite the fact that I've grown and evolved and gotten lots of great opportunities and gained a ton of momentum, I still remember that version of myself that had doubts that needed those people. I'll remember all of my clients that have come through for me. That's another one that I want to highlight. Like I have my very first personal training client. This is a funny story because uh, we actually had to be pretty sneaky. So I couldn't initially get trained or get hired on as a trainer. I was a spin instructor and I was working inside of a box gym as a contracted spin instructor but when I applied to be a trainer, my interviews got delayed. And then when I tried to like speed up the process, I got double booked for an interview. In the meantime, I was trying to get more experience. 
as a trainer. And so I was writing a program for a friend. A friend had actually hired me to write a program for her. But in order to know what to do, we had to do some assessments. So we met up in the group fitness part of the gym. We were both at. We were both spin instructors. I mean, you can probably fill in the gaps if you know me well. And we did the assessment there because despite the fact that I was a trainer and I had everything that I needed, I had the insurance and everything, I couldn't operate as a trainer there because they weren't hiring me. So we just had to pretend we were hanging out. We did the assessments. I was able to construct a, a thoughtful and helpful program for her to follow independently. And she could check in with me throughout the week. And that was my first client because I just needed something to get some experience so that when these gyms I was interviewing at asked, well, do you have any experience? I could say, yeah. And so talking on those double booked interviews. So the, the wildness of it all is I wasn't clear on what kind of dress code they would expect because I've come from a lot of different industries, done a lot of different settings, different like basically expectations. I didn't expect that for a gym job, they would want you to be wearing dress clothes because I thought that they would probably have you do something active. So they'd want you to be wearing something that would be breathable that you could move around in. So I showed up to the first interview. This was at a Sherwood park location. It's actually doesn't exist anymore. Um, and I showed up in sweatpants and a hat and a workout shirt. And so I did the interview. I thought it went quite well, but I got feedback that I wasn't dressed professionally. And this was at a point where I was ready to leave my old career. Like I was just on the cusp of putting in my resignation. And so I was like, oh, boy, these are some high stakes. So the next time I wore dress pants, I wore a dress shirt, I wore a tie, I wore dress shoes. I was ready to go. I showed up there, I think probably 15 minutes early, went straight from work. It was at that point that I think if I hadn't put in my resignation, I was like days away from it. Pretty sure I had already put in my resignation at that point because I remember feeling extremely nervous because there was a lot at stake. Like I had said to an employer that was providing me a secure income benefits, et cetera, predictable future that I was done. And I didn't really have a plan. I was thinking I probably had a plan, but I wasn't be able to kind of like ensure that the plan would work. So I'm in the interview and then he's like, okay, now we're going to do the practical portion. Then he looks at my dress clothes and he's like, Oh, well, this isn't going to work. We'll have to call you back. And so then we were going into a third interview. So the second interview was at a whole different location, north-ish end of Edmonton. And so third interview was going to be at the same place a few days later. So I confirmed. I was like, okay, so I've worn dress clothes this time to impress you. So now next time I wear gym clothes, he's like, yep, gym clothes. I'm like, okay, sorry about that. So I come back gym clothes. At that point, I had definitely resigned. So it was basically get this job or be, for the most part, I'm unemployed. And I did it to myself and it wasn't anybody else's fault. Nobody told me to do it. I just thought that maybe I'd lock in this job. And so I'm sitting there 
nervous, scared in my gym clothes. And I wasn't allowed to train people if I wasn't an employee that was a trainer. And so my experience as a trainer was hiding in the group fitness to write a program for my first client, but I didn't have lots of experience watching exercise and doing correction and stuff like that. And this was before I had even considered that I might have to just work for free at some places. Cause I, I was already, my, my schedule is full just doing the 40 plus hours at the full-time job plus doing spin instruction plus doing all these other things. So I thought because a lot of these trainer jobs will start you out at pretty close to minimum wage. I thought that maybe I'd have a bit of a buffer to shadow somebody while you're first starting out as a trainer. Needless to say, we went through the interview. We talked about things like blood pressure and I was just so nervous that I just couldn't answer anything right. And I, could hardly cue a lateral raise. I was getting confused with all the machines. I was overwhelmed. It's among one of the most nervous times I've ever had. And he said he'd let me know about if I was going to be the right fit or not. And it was the day that I got sent home from work early after having given my notice. I think I did uh, probably like five days instead of like the, the customary two weeks and got paid out the rest. So I just rolled up at home, got the call that I wasn't the right fit and that I could maybe shadow one of their trainers for free if I wanted, but I wouldn't be the right fit. And like my attitude is that, yeah, I, I would do what it would take to grow in the role, but I had so much at stake that I needed to figure out how I was going to make an income for the rest of my life. Cause I had just closed the chapter. Like I, I am very confident I could go back to the old opportunity, but I kind of had set my mind that I wanted to move forward. And this is where uh, my friend Dean comes into the picture. Andrew comes into the picture. This is where all of that stuff began. My friend Farah had known me from before that. My friend Chan had known me from before that. Uh, Dean and Andrew and I, we had, known each other through social media. I think we had connected at a few things here and there. The first week or so after I was somewhat fun employed, Andrew had put out something that he was looking for help with clearing snow for one of his clients. And it was going to be a cash job. And that was perfect for me. I didn't care what kind of snow we had to clear. I had to make some money quickly. And so I was all over that. And that was huge. So what I will say is if by any chance there are brand new trainers that listen to my show, be on the lookout for that stuff. And maybe if, if you were to take any lesson from me, always be grateful for your helpers, no matter what stage it happened in your career. I'm even grateful for one of the first gym interviews I had. I interviewed at a well-known private gym and the owner actually gave me a list of people to learn from. So the list had uh, like Mike Boyle, it had Tony Gentilcore, it had obviously Dean Somerset because he's a local legend. It had lots of people where I could kind of like forge my own path as to the people that I wanted to learn from, gave me a strong foundation. She had me do a bunch of uh, 
like sample programs based on like an example client. So it, I liked that process so much more and it was just that I needed more reps. So the way that my career path went is that my first trainer job, I got some income on a paid internship. So that kind of helped me float by, gave me a little bit of a buffer where I could find some additional work. That's when I worked for Central for a bit there. And that's how we made it work. And from there, there's been bumps in the roads. There's been wins. There's been frustrations of all the gym closures and all that stuff. But amidst it all, I think attitude mattered the most. I think work ethic plays into it, but I think everybody's a hard worker. I don't need to toot my own horn there. I think attitude can really set a person apart. Who are you at your most difficult moments? And just always, always, always understanding that we can't do these things on our own. That's why it meant so much as we circle back to my client, Sylvia, that she was making intentional connection. Because she was making intentional connection with people that she knew from her past, people that made her life brighter. She was making a plan to go for a walk. And it's a it's sort of a lost art to make plans. And I think sometimes we forget how short life is. So I like to make plans to watch my nieces play their ring at games. And I like to make plans with my brothers. Anytime I can think of something that could bring us together, I like that. That gets me fired up. I like to make plans to hang out with my parents. Like some people might think that's lame. I don't give a shit. I like my parents. They're cool. We, we do snowshoeing. We went to Hinton for my 30th birthday. That's who I am. Deal with it. And being intentional about like carving out time for yourself. So when I do jujitsu, it's not because I'm looking for something to do. Like it's not because I'm like twiddling my thumbs trying to figure out how to pass by the day. Like I have long days, but I go there because then you're surrounded by new people, new faces, new mentors, new role models. I got my professors, Pedro and Huthefa, shout out. I got lots of great teammates that can give me like a new different way to see situations, new ways to cope with stress, new examples, just new takes on things. And I find that very refreshing and I find that it motivates me to be the very best version of myself. And I think in a lot of cases, we got to like kind of push ourselves to get in that spot because otherwise we get stale and stress can add up. And some of the avenues that we might've been striving at before can start to deteriorate. So I'll give you some examples. A lot of people come to a personal trainer to improve on themselves. But have you ever improved on yourself then went back to where you started later? Or have you ever improved on yourself and then gone back so far that you're not even where you started before? You're actually at an all-time low. And I think some people might nod their head to that. I'm not sure if it's you that are listening or I'm not sure if maybe you recognize it in, in other instances that you have witnessed yourself. But it's everything from the the weight journeys 
to addictions, all these things. And so parts of the puzzle that I think help people stay the course are the connections that they have and the people that they surround themselves with. Something that I believe very highly in is that you truly are the product of the people that you surround yourself with. So if you choose to surround yourself with a bunch of losers, you will evidently become like them. If you choose to surround yourself with people who are thinking about how to make other people around them better, there's a chance that you're probably going to benefit from that attitude. If you have a laundry list of mentors, somebody might see you as one. I had somebody describe me as a mentor recently and it felt very weird and it still feels very weird. But in some capacity, if somebody was actually like looking to start a career in the fitness industry, I could certainly give them a pointer or two. Needless to say, that is not what we are talking about. What we are talking about right now is that when you finish up this episode with me today, my goal for you is to be a bit more cutthroat in your actions that you're taking moving forward. By cutthroat, I mean do no harm. I mean act like you're going to die tomorrow and actually do something. And I don't want to sound morbid or aggressive. I want to remind everyone that we have nothing that's guaranteed. But we are each capable of a lot more than what we may have done up to this point. If you think about a lot of the online businesses out there, I'll use Amazon as an example because it's something that a lot of people can kind of buy into. So basically what he did there is he took an item that had the highest inventory where he could kind of curate the biggest selection of SKUs and it happened to be books. So if we think about how many books are available in all these different languages and all these different genres in hardcover and softcover, he chose that because by being the hub where people came for books online, that had an opportunity for growth. So he found a need and he addressed it. And then he basically carbon copied that to all these other categories, found ways to do things in-house. When you're looking at all the different like Amazon products, the phone charger cords that say Amazon on them, the yoga pants that say Amazon on them, that's what he did. And to think that if you're in your 40s or 50s or 30s or 20s that you can't do that, that's an attitude problem. So whether it be your intentionality towards your goals or your intentionality towards your quality of life, it's it's on you. So you're either going to do something or not. And then if you're having trouble, that's where you seek out someone that can help you. So when it comes to fitness, it's what I do. It's my career. It's what I help with people with. And as each year goes on, the more confident I get because I work with people internationally. I work with people in person, online. I work with people as far as Florida, as far as I believe next week, I might be starting with somebody from I'm trying to think Mississippi or something. 
And I've worked with plenty of people from Michigan and got a few people. I've, I've worked with somebody from Montana and lots of people from Alberta. Lots of the listeners of this show, obviously, from Alberta. And it's just like you can think that you have a ceiling and you can make sure that it's immovable, but that's that's all on you. Or you can think about what you like to accomplish while you're here and go and do it. Create a plan. Go ask people how they did things. Go have the right attitude. Put yourself in the right room. Be grateful for the things that you're getting. That attitude will set you apart. And in being grateful, as you're looking for your connections who you might go for a walk with or catch up with or maybe send a little coffee card to or send a message and just let them know that you're thinking about them or that you appreciate them. Just these little things that spark the embers of connection that allow you to be surrounded by some sense of community. As you're going through those processes, try to remember what you want to get out of life. So for me, what I want to get out of life, because this will sound dark, but I've attended many funerals in the last three years. And when I attend these funerals, I'll hear about the stories of these people and the impacts that they've made. And I'll be the one writing some of the stories. I'll share some of the things and the ways that people changed my life. I want to be like that. I want to have given people a reason to have stories. I want to give people a reason to have felt inspired, uh, to have felt encouraged. Like if I am, if I'm watching a ringette game, I want my nieces to know that I got their back. When I am showing up to help my dad with something that maybe I am helpful at, I want him to know that I got his back. Cause like there's certain things that I just have no clue what I'm doing. So I try to stay within the realm of the things that I do know tends to be picking things up and putting them down, but it's what I do. I'm good at it. So to keep myself concise, which is something I've been practicing I'll leave you with this, a little bit of an update. So in my work with Beverly over the last almost a year now, I've actually done a few guest episodes on her show. So if you're a trainer, I would look up the PT Profit Podcast and I've done episodes on connecting in the industry. I've done guest appearances like as the guest where she interviews me. I've interviewed her for her 200th episode. I did an episode on artificial intelligence, and I recently did an episode on in-person conferences and the value that they have. And like, as I talked about before, that's how I've connected with people like Alex McBerty, with people like Jeb Stewart Johnston, and many, many more friends who have been on the show in the past. And you'll probably hear that context as you go back and listen to those, but the reason that I'm highlighting that in that episode is that I'll actually be heading to New York next week. And that is pretty, pretty damn cool. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the show, but I was able to travel to Toronto last year and I met up with Lee Boyce and we recorded a podcast in person. And that's kind of one of my goals. I 
I believe in connection so much. I believe in taking care of relationships so much that I actually want to like put the internet aside and actually see people and be in the same room and see their gym and see what's up and have long conversations and talk about life and learn and be challenged. And maybe I have to kind of reinvent how I do things. Maybe I have to step out of my comfort zone, but I think that's what it's all about. So just like my client is being intentional in setting up visits with people in her life, just like I hope that you are being intentional, I will let you know as we close out this episode that I too, being intentional in doing what I said I was going to do, not only in how I reflect on my people, but in how I continue to keep those connections alive. And if you are listening to the show and you're going to be in New York from uh, next Thursday night until Sunday night, hit me up, send me a message. Uh, you'll have to be listening to this show in March, 2023 for that to be relevant. So we're thinking, I think it's like March 8th to March like 10th or something somewhere in that. Just look at a calendar <laughs> somewhere in that ballpark. But with that said, I just want to thank everybody who listens to this show. It means a lot. I'll look at it and it won't hit me that like there are like hundreds of people that are tuning in and I might know who you are and I might not. And you might be stumbling across this to uh, get me to promote some women's leggings. Sometimes that happens. I get the email. I'm like, I don't think this is what you want me to be doing, but go hard. Um, but again, I don't want to take for granted that there are people that tune into this exclusively before I go, once again, check out my friend Chan Rin's podcast called Disruption in 10 Podcast. If you can't find it on the major platforms, just head over to Instagram at Vivid Ribbon and you'll find it. But I do hope and I'll be helping him. I want to make sure that uh, he succeeds. I want to see him win. So check out that podcast. If you go to it, tell him that I sent you. And... That is how we will end things off. Thank you for listening. It means a lot. If you have a chance, leave a review for the show and I will sign off. We'll catch you on the next one.